Question, does taking your kids to church and praying over a meal constitute a Christian home? On this episode, we'll find out. Join us. Welcome to another episode of Real Time Truth, where in 19 minutes you're going to hear a biblical perspective on things that you deal with every day in your home, church, community, and the culture around you. I'm Matthew McNeil. I'm Pastor Kevin Brown. And today we're kind of jumping back into a topic we hit a couple weeks ago. We talked about, do you have a vision for your family, a spiritual vision for your family. And in that episode, we said we were going to kind of put wheels on this thing. Mm-hmm. How do we go about doing that? How do you have a Christian home? Yeah, the question I think that um, we should ask is, do we really have a Christian home? Mm-hmm. Actually, now, start there. Right, yeah. So, 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 okay, let's couch that then. Let's, let's try to frame that. Okay, what should you expect to be happening or maybe not happening in a Christian home. Like, can you say you have a Christian home because, let's say that you have a family that has children. Okay, I have a Christian home because I take my kids to church. I have a Christian home because I say a prayer over a meal. Okay, that that's good. Okay, and, well, that's it. That's it. That, I, I mean, what else is there, right? I mean, we, we've got jobs and we've got school and we've got life and, you know, hey, Disney Plus is out. I mean, you know, come on. But is that a Christian home? Well, and I think you kind of hit the, I guess you could say there's the rub, is we will say one thing, but our actions, do they actually match what we're saying? Are we actually putting into practice the things in order yeah. to make our homes Christian or are we actually saying through our actions that there's other things that are more important than Jesus? Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. If you're a mom or dad out there listening or watching, I know you love your kids. I mean, I love my kids. I love my grandkids. I, I know you would give your life for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, you, you, would, you would shove them out of the way if an oncoming truck was coming and you would take the truck and, and so they could live. We all get that. Okay. That being the case, but but what about in everyday life? If we're trying to put, to put life into our kids, if if we call ourselves Christians, then then what is life? It's not a what; it's a who. It's Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay, so to have a Christian home means we are we are placing Jesus, who is the life, into the life or the body life, if you, if you will, of the home. So we're intentional about it. We, we, we look at our day, um, let's say a typical Monday or a Tuesday, and we say, okay, what does the day look like? Well, for most of us, we're at work and kids are at school all day. So, so what do we have to be able to invest into our kids' lives? And, and, it's more than just good intentions here. I mean, we all have good intentions. We, we all, you know, want our kids, If again, speaking from a Christian perspective, this is real-time truth. This is coming from God's Word. We want to raise our kids in a Christian home, a Christian environment. But, but just wanting to do it is not enough. 
we, we to, to your point, we have to put wheels on the car. We have to put flesh on the skeleton. And so it's more than just wanting to do it. Um, I heard a man say at one point that the degree that we value a mission is to the degree that we'll actually put effort into that mission. So do we value the mission of raising Christ-centered kids? So we said in the in in the a previous podcast that yeah we want to have a spiritual vision we want it to be multi generational we want to skip a rock into the third fourth fifth generation okay so how do we do that is there is there a way to do that and we believe there is we go to the scripture mm-hmm. yeah so what's the scripture well there's plenty of scriptures but the one we wanted to highlight today is Deuteronomy chapter six. Okay, this is sometimes called the Shema. This is what any Jew would know. Now, we're not Jews here, but this is what the Jews are taught. They would teach their children this from the time that they were born. And and you may have heard this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Okay, and you you probably know this. Verse 5, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your might. Okay, we got that. Okay, verses 6 and 7 are critical. All right, here goes. And these words that I command you, this is God speaking, shall be on your heart. Okay? Okay, so they got to be on our hearts. Here's verse 7. You shall teach them what? The commands of God. Teach them diligently. The word there is diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them. Watch this. Number one, when you sit in the house. Number two, when you walk by the way. Number three, when you lie down. And number four, when you rise. So when, when is that? All, All the, time. the time. All the time. We're going to have a future podcast on how to have family devotions and it not be like having a root canal. We'll do that later. <laughs> But it's more than just family devotions. It, it's sometimes I think parents think, okay, I'm going to have a ten minute family devotion every night, and that's going to that's going to do the trick. It's like taking a daily vitamin. <laughs> yeah, not necessarily. It helps for sure, but but there's more to it than that. Mm-hmm. This is a walk along, talk along faith mm-hmm. that we have, and so we impart that in a walk-along, talk-along, life-on-life, as you say, flesh-on-flesh relationship with our kids and within our homes. And so are we intentionally teaching? Now, Mom and Dad, listener out there, if we want to do this, that means you and I have to be a disciple first. Absolutely. And I think that that's exactly what those first three verses you read are about. It says... You shall love the Lord your God. Yes. It just it just singles out the initial hearer. Yeah. We get to the family after that, but first and foremost, it has to be, as it says here, on your heart. That's right. And I'll say this to dads. If you want to know what the personal pronoun is there, I know we're into talking about pronouns in our <laughs> culture today, but it is a it is a masculine personal pronoun. This was being spoken to the fathers. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's not to diminish the role of the mothers. I'm just telling you, God's divine design and His order was that the men are to lead in our homes. We do so in, in a, in, with a towel and a basin, just as Jesus did. Mm-hmm. We're willing to serve and wash the disciples' feet. Okay, so leadership doesn't mean that we've got a whip and a chair like we're taming a lion inside of a three-ring circus. No, leadership means that we are willing to bear the burden and the weight 
gate of the home and, the, and, and, and being that spiritual provider there. And so this personal pronoun you, I, Dad, if you're listening, okay, understand, we've got to take this mantle upon ourselves. Now, with that said, are we discipling ourselves? Be it male or female who's listening to this, are you in the Word of God? Are you spending time with the Lord? Are you, are you actually growing in your faith? You and I must be disciplined enough in our lives to become disciples so that we then can make disciples. It won't work any other way. That's right. So here's the thing. We become a disciple, and I'm going to make the assumption that we are, Okay. We're, we're, we're living for Christ, we're, we're, we're in His Word, we're praying, we're really seeking after Him. We're following the tenets and the principles of the Lord Jesus as found in Scripture. So now what? Now what do we do? Here's the thing I want us to understand. This goes back to the time issue. All right, think of an average weeknight in your home, okay? Pick it. A Monday night, a Tuesday night, a Thursday night, whatever. You pick it. How much time do you have? with your kids. We're we're speaking of a home that still has children in the home. Okay, we've got 168 hours in a week. Sounds like a lot. Okay, we gotta sleep. We gotta go to work. Kids gotta go to school. In the summertime, you gotta cut the grass, right? You gotta pay the bills, wash the clothes, give the kids baths, make sure the homework's done. You gotta do all of these things. So what's left over? It's called disposable time. And I've done a little research on this and I actually wrote about it in, in a book I wrote several years ago, but it's called disposable time. And researchers will tell us that the average American has somewhere around three to three and a half hours per day or literally per night in order to be able to, what we would call time that's your own, that is disposable. You get to spend it how you want to. So let's assume that. Okay, let's assume that your disposable time begins at six o'clock at night. And let's assume, I'm just making this up, you've got a three-year-old and a seven-year-old. And they've got, I'll make this up, nine o'clock bedtime. So what do you have as disposable time with them? Three hours. Three hours. Okay, you've got three hours. Now what do we do with that time? If we're going to be intentional. We've got to spend some of that time teaching and training. Now, we'll talk about doing devotions later. That's part of it. But I'm talking about just in general. Are we talking to our kids? All right, let's say the seven-year-olds in school. Let's say public school. Mom and dad, it's easy to say, well, how was school today? And the kid replies back, fine, good, okay. And it's usually one-word answers. I'm telling you, that's not enough. Mm-mm. That does not encapsulate the day. It does not. Maybe your seven-year-old saw something that day that they're not really able to articulate unless you bring it out of them. Maybe they saw a fight. Maybe they heard a word they've never heard before in their life. Maybe, there's all kinds of things that they could have witnessed and seen. And in some places, I'm grateful that we still live in a fairly you know, conservative place, a lot of good teachers and whatnot, but uh, they could be being taught some things that aren't found in Scripture. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to know unless, you, unless we draw this out. I call it a time of debriefing, all right? You send soldiers out, okay? Let's say you're in the military. You send soldiers out. They go run a mission, and then they come back, and what does the commanding officer do? How'd it go? How'd it go? It's called a debriefing. Mm-hmm. We must debrief. 
We, and particularly as the kids get into middle school and they get into high school, because they're going to be taught no fault of our good teachers, but the people who are writing most of our textbooks today are not followers of Jesus Christ. So their worldview is going to be anything but biblical. I'm holding up a Bible, okay? So whether it comes to life or gender or marriage, you pick the issue. Over time, a steady drop, 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 drip, drip, drip of a secular worldview is going to seep in to whomever the person might be. And the question is, are our children actually grasping the faith of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to say something, Mom and Dad. Just taking them to church and dropping them off in, in children's group or youth group or, or you pick it is not enough. Just saying a prayer over your meal is not enough. We are going to have to put life on life. I'm clapping my hands. We have got to spend time talking to them, debriefing them, asking them over and over again, what have you learned? What do you know? Not that we're putting them under some inquisition, but that we care enough to impart to them the things of God. That is, when they sit down, when they rise up, when they walk along the way, these are the things. It's all the time. So you're taking the kids to school. You're having conversations on the way to school. You're having conversations. You pick them up from ball practice. You're trying to get them from practice to, to some other place. And here's the thing, mom and dad, if you look at your weeknight schedule and you're actually thinking to yourself, well, you know, Kevin, you're talking about three to three and a half hours of disposable time with my kids. Well, I'm just not with my kids much because they've got practice and they've got this thing it's and that activity and we don't really ever spend much time together Matthew that's a problem mm-hmm. that's a problem that is being busy well and what's more what that's getting at too is someone's influence is getting in yes there's yes. I mean because their time keeps going that's correct and so it's going to be either yours or someone else's I want to ask this, and and this is a a rhetorical question. Obviously, no one is out there to actually answer. But I want you to be honest with yourself and think about this. What is your home being used for? Now, 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 you say, what do you mean? Okay, what do you do there? You know what a lot of people use their homes for today, Matthew? They they use their homes to sleep in and to entertain. The temple of me. Yes. You say, and they eat there. Not a lot. A lot of people eat out of bags going from one event to the other event. Mm-hmm. They, they, their, their minivan or their SUV is their dinner table. We never spend time together other than just running from this event to that event. I've said it before, BUSY, uh, the acronym is B-U-S-Y, Buried Under Satan's Yoke. We like to think as Americans, oh, how you doing? I'm just busy. Okay, is it good busy? Or is it bad busy? And there's a difference between busy and productive. Absolutely. So the question is, what is our home for? I mean, if our home is only being used as a place that where we sleep and we crawl into bed at 11 o'clock at night, and where uh, when we are there, we're, we're all just, you know, vegging out, then 
Where's the training happening? There is no intentionality there. There, there is not when you sit down, lie down, rise up, and walk along the way. There's none of that happening at all. And so we, we can't honestly say and be genuine that we have a Christian home. You might be a Christian, but to say that you have a Christian home, are you training in that home? What I hear a lot, and this is going to kind of set you up for another point that you're going to hit here in just a minute. But some people, they, they look at their home as, well, that's my, that's the place where I go to recharge. Mm-hmm. And what I, and so when I hear that though, and, it, and it's convicting to me to make sure that I'm not spending all of my energy and all of myself right. outside of the home. If I look at home as, well, if I do anything else at home, I just won't have a chance to recharge. That could mean that you're doing, you're spending too much of yourself outside the home. That's right. And so our little saying is save some for home. Yeah. And we've said it in, in, in other podcasts. Um, I'm a pastor, okay? You work at a church, too. Um, It is easy to sacrifice our families on the altar of ministry. Mm -hmm. It's easy to sacrifice our families on the altar of work and say, well, I'm providing, I'm providing. I, I want my kids to have it better than me. I don't know that you actually do because it was those hard knocks it was it was those difficulties in your life that made you who you are it it was those challenges of not having everything that you ever wanted and that you had to save up money for a pair of sneakers or for you know for me a sony walkman that shows my age we we had to save for these things we had to work for these things I, I, i worked in a chicken house growing up so have you. And, and so we think we're saving our kids from, from a hard life. We might actually be taking them away from the things that gives them the character mm-hmm. and the metal to be the people that we actually want them to be. Metal's no good until you hone it, till you beat it. And I'm not talking about beating kids here, but I'm talking about ref- the, the refining that takes place in what we call the school of hard knocks. Mm-hmm. So we shouldn't look at our kids' lives as like, I want to make it to where there are no challenges and no struggles. Because if we do that, then we we could raise brats. And we don't want to do that. we got to save some for home. We've got to be intentional about what we're doing. So mom and dad, think about it today. Think about it. Are we really running Christian homes? Or are we just running? That's the question. And for us to really be intentional, we have to make up our minds to be disciples ourselves. Mom and dad, are you a disciple? Hey, person listening, somebody that stumbled across this, you call yourself a Christian. I'm a Christian. Are you spending time with the Lord? Are you growing in the faith? Those are critical key questions that we've got to answer. Well, we hope that you've been challenged in this episode. Think about these words and... um Stay tuned because here's the thing. As we've already said, this takes time. And we're going to talk about it in a future episode about how to effectively spend that time. So this has been another episode of Real Time Truth. I'm Matthew McNeil. And I'm Pastor Kevin Brown. Thank you for joining us. Take care.